Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. I'm your host, as always, John Chapman. But we've got a handsome devil with us today. Uh, very, very excited to bring on Brian Peacock. How are you, Brian? How's life, man? Uh, doing great, man. I'm having a good old time getting excited for draft season. The, the NFL never sleeps. That's why I can do a daily podcast all year long, even in the off season. So draft season, trade season free agent season. Um, I'm excited for all of it. So in a lot of ways, the off season's as much fun as the regular season for me. It gets weird. Cause I remember as a kid, this was my Christmas, right? Like the draft, because I, I don't know why, just the way maybe my brain worked. Like I like the architecture of team building. I like the creating, you know, all the different things and coaching connections and all those things. Uh, we're going to get into all that, but before we do that, uh, Brian, uh, just, just so the people, everybody knows who you are at BD Peacock on Twitter. He is the host of the locked on 49ers podcast, which is absolutely insane. And you know, the addition of Croc must listen to for everybody. And if you know, just NFL general, you and Williamson and what you guys do, uh, how many podcasts do you do a week, Brian? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing two different podcasts daily, locked on 49ers and Peacock and Williamson. So covering the entire league and the Niners, each daily so about 10 podcasts a week or so you know and then occasionally pop on another one like this one and it's always a pleasure for me to join you on the on the 49ers rush podcast as well and i like talking ball with you john so yeah Man. i'm podcasting quite a bit it's my, it's my main thing now and um in between try to sneak in a little round of golf maybe uh the slow pitch softball season starts tonight so i'm gonna get out there and hope it don't hurt myself but i gotta get active man that's why i started golfing during the pandemic 
I don't even like golf. There's just nothing else to do. So I picked up a new thing that I hate and kind of love at the same time. Now I got to ask you, uh, what's your handicap uh, on the greens, man? How, like, how, how do you shoot? Uh, I shoot very poorly. Um, I'm getting better though. I, I've got, I've got a decent swing, but with the dry man, I'm just bad off the tee. I'm losing balls left and right. And and actually, so hopefully a lot of you out there, and hopefully this has been a good, um, you know, business decision on my part because I went and got some some personalized locked on 49ers golf balls and it just spraying them all over every course I play. So hopefully people find these locked on 49ers golf balls in the bushes and are like, hey, I'll check out this podcast, maybe. So maybe <laughs> if you find a locked on 49ers golf ball in the bushes at your local golf course, I want you to hit me on Twitter and let me know at BD Peacock. That uh, hopefully it doesn't find its way into a windshield or a uh, window by any chance. But if that so, wasn't me. that was somebody else hitting a foul ball. That wasn't me. One hundred percent. I love it. I'm a three digit golfer. If if I break, you know, one hundred, then I'm usually pretty happy. But uh, my my problem is my shoulders, man. I'm I'm not a very uh, flexible guy, so it's just so stiff. Uh, that that's always been my issue. So uh, real quick, let's talk some diners, and I want to jump back and forth today. Brian, because, you know, we all listen to you all the time. And so I want to spend some time getting to know you a little bit. But obviously, your takes on the 49ers are incredible. So let me ask you, let's jump with free agency. Because free agency obviously predates the NFL draft. And it's so fun to jump into who are the Niners drafting? Well, we got to solve some free agency issues. Um, The 49ers got a lot of guys that are due to get paid, especially after last year, whenever they did all those one-year kind of rentals with the lower salary cap because of COVID and all those things. So off the top of your head, if you had to prioritize kind of one, two, or three guys that the 49ers have to keep in-house, who are the guys that come to mind? I think you start in the trenches. I think that's what John Lynch has done a great job of as a team builder here with the 49ers. And he kind of learned on the job early and made some mistakes early. I think he's gotten better. I think Kyle's gotten better. And I think that whole situation, uh, you know, whoever's in charge, whoever has final say, uh, I know John Lynch has went, you know, he's gone and and gotten Kyle's guys in the past. And that hasn't always worked out great, but it's, it's a good staff. and, And somehow it all turned out well, and they've built a really good, roster together despite some misses and a lot of that is because they've done so well later in drafts because they they brought in uh people who were wired correctly which is what I, I love that they've done that but when it comes to the way that john lynch's you know day one mission statement was we're going to build from the line and they've done that and they've done a great job and i think it's worked so keep doing it and don't get worse there and to me it starts with Lake and Tomlinson. And I would put Lake and Tomlinson ahead of DJ Jones just because Lake and Tomlinson played 100% of the snaps last year. DJ Jones played, what, 40% of the snaps, you know? And, right. and uh, I just think nose tackle gets parked behind all five offensive linemen to me. And when you look ahead at the 49ers offensive line, Alex Mack is not young. He may, who knows, he may retire tomorrow. We have no idea. Uh, Mike McGlinchey's got a really bad injury that some players don't come back from at all. And he's going to get really expensive. And so I don't know if you can afford to pay Trent Williams what he's worth. And he's worth as much as you can pay an offensive lineman on the left side. And then uh, can you pay the offensive tackle on the other side that much in Mike McGlinchey? I'm not so sure. And I just think, you know, guards cost less. You, if he if he hits the free agent market and enough teams 
start bidding on Lake and Tomlinson. Maybe he gets too pricey and you've got to have a, have a limit. I think if you're the 49ers, you can't go crazy. Hopefully you can get something like that done though, before free agency starts, get a deal that makes sense and solidify at least the left side of your offensive line. Let some guys battle it out. Some young players battle it out on the right side of your offensive line. And because it let's, you know, if you go fast forward without Lake and Tomlinson, now you have a question mark at left guard. You already have a question mark at right guard somewhat and right tackle needs to either get better or uh, get cheaper with McGlinchey there. So who's that going to be Jalen Moore? Uh, it just, it leaves too many holes on the offensive line and too many questions. I just think you have to make sure you're solidified as many places as you can be, and then go back into the draft as well in the offensive line and hope that you can fill out, you know, three fifths of your offensive line with cheaper talent later and have the, the and spend the money on the left side of the line. That's the way I right. look at it. And, and I think, you know, I, I agree with you. Lakin's my priority one as well. Uh, Pro Football Focus has him the 26th ranked free agent, and that's before anybody's been signed. So uh, you could tell he's definitely made a name for himself and deserves to get paid. But the question always is, you know, what's too much? Uh, the projection that they have is a three-year, $9 million a year average. So you're talking three years, $30 million, you know, around that number. Obviously, it's not going to be cap hits. But I feel like Lakin is, you know, if you and I both agree, priority one, you got to get that deal done before the free agents period starts because, you know, the NFL, you look at the Bucks, right? Ali Marpet, he just retired at age, what was he, like 28 perhaps? So that's one of the key ones. And I'm glad that you said Lakin first. Now, DJ Jones, let, let, let's jump over there because you already have Eric Armstead who – Plays inside, outside for sure. But he excelled whenever he went inside. Javon Kinlaw coming off the injury. You know, the same doctor that did Nick Bosa's surgery did his. You're hoping for the same results. But can you pay three interior defensive linemen really what they're worth, even though Kinlaw is still on a rookie deal? DJ Jones, I think everybody wants him back. But whenever you look at the roster construction, can you pay three guys that much money for defensive tackle spots? Yeah, sorry, and I'm behind the scenes. I'm like fighting off a sneeze right now. I don't know what happened. But sometimes, uh, like the sunshine hits my eyes. I got a window open over here. And like, oh I was about to sneeze all over everything. While you're uh, listeners, you guys got to get some screen uh, captures of that one and, and post that. We've we've got to put that on social media. Everywhere. It was almost that like you're telling this uh, this really sad story, and it was breaking me down. I was like, oh, um, no, but yeah. I love what DJ Jones brings to the table too. And he's a really good player. It's such a fine for the 49ers in the sixth round, but he's a, you know, he's a one tech. He's a, he's a defensive tackle. That's not going to be a double digit sack guy ever. And he's really good for that same reason. He might not get paid a lot on the open market, which is why I'm pretty confident the 49ers can do a lot with their in-house free agents, just because they're not going to cost that much money. And I think there's going to be a lot more money floating out on, uh, on the free agent market this year. And there was last year, you mentioned all those one year deals. Yeah. Niners did. So they're going to have to let some folks walk. But I don't think it's out of the question that they can get some deals done and restructure some contracts and have enough uh, cap space to get a deal done with Lake and Tomlinson and, and DJ Jones and some interior guys. And you mentioned what PFF had projected for Tomlinson. You know, $9 million a year, that sounds about right. And you would hope that it doesn't go over that. If he goes out on the free agent market and there's a team willing to give, you know, maybe Mike McDaniel's like, hey, let's yeah. go get Tomlinson and give him $12 million a year. You almost have to say, you know, bless you take the money because yeah, i don't think the 49ers should necessarily go that far and then you can do almost everything else you need to so yeah. 
and then you you know you, you have to figure out some other things maybe you you know ryan jansen's out there on the uh on the free agent market if um if alex mack decides he's going to retire then maybe you have to spend at center and then roll the dice at guard and let those young players you know battle it out um so th- there's a lot of different ways this could go and i think some dominoes need to start falling so the Niners can figure out what they need to do but ideally they can get those types of deals done before those players hit the free agent markets but I would understand if those agents are like no we want to go we want to go talk to some teams Miami's scary because obviously similar offensive system they're making some adjustments but they have all the money in the world they have the most cap space in the NFL so very similar to when Shanahan came in if McDaniels is replaying that kind of thing they had to overpay for Pierre Garcon they had to overpay for Western Richburg um which that didn't work out too well but I totally see McDaniel doing the same thing and it scares me um offensively because they're going to be able to poach some of those guys um I think Mostert's going to get paid from them I I think a lot of those guys are and I don't know not so much that the 49ers get the crumbs but these are guys that took team-friendly cap-saving deals last year, and it's time for them to get paid. And at the end of the day, like you got to get your money. And it, one thing I will advise just for listeners, when people leave your team, don't take it personal and celebrate that they're getting generational wealth. You know, it's it's always like, ah, whatever. But I'm just like, no, man, like let, let them go get paid. Let them get theirs. Uh, it's what it is. Uh, now, real quick, last question on free agency. Um, two players. Pick one. You can only keep one or none. Tart and Kwan Williams. Would you keep either? Or if you just had to pick one, I'm trying to get you to piss out, piss off some of your fans right now. I don't know if you you paid attention to that, but uh, let, let's see here. <laughs> I can I can piss <laughs> people off today. Let's go none then. Yeah, let's let's go. <laughs> and that's the thing. Do you how much do you pay a safety that's injured as much as Tart is? As good of a player as he is, and you drafted a guy in the fifth round who showed he can do the box stuff at safety. I don't know if I like. Um, uh, Hufanga, uh, Hufanga, enough to, in those interchangeables. Like he gets yeah. out in the field, makes me a little bit nervous. I don't think that's his strength. Um, but you can still draft a, a, a mid-round safety to come in and compete. Uh, I would prefer to have more of a uh, a safety that if I drafted a guy that would be a really nice fit to go with Jimmy Ward and Hufanga would be uh, an athletic, maybe someone who could back up free safety as much as they would compete with Hufanga at strong safety, you know, that player that you're okay with playing center field. Cause I don't think the 49ers really have that beyond no. uh, Jimmy Ward right now. So th- th- that's that tart is, is somewhere where I don't think you need to spend money. If he goes out on the free agent market, like he did last year and he comes back and, and you have the same offers everybody else does. And he wants to come back. You should definitely bring him back because he's a good player, but you, that's not where I would advise spending first. And if it meant letting tart, and K1 Williams walk that meant you could get something done with Lake and Tomlinson. I think, yeah, you, uh, you know, so, so, um, and, and K1, he's just a liability on some of those slot fades, but he's such a good player at the same time. And also, you know, being undersized and as physical he is, uh, is why he's shown up on the injured list too often. You just have to get younger and less injured maybe a little bit more athletic on the back end and you drafted players who can come in and fill the role of nickel corner in, in Jamador Lenore I think that's going to be his role in the NFL I think that's what the 49ers are grooming him for Hufanga uh, I liked he, he surprised me actually because I wasn't sure 
athletically if he's going to be able to hang i was like this guy might be a 200 pound linebacker in the nfl and, and he can do some things in the back end i don't know about that deep safety stuff but i, I like that the 49ers are if you're going to be a good team for a very long time you're going to have star players that you have to pay you have to continue to draft and develop and you can't spend everywhere and you know nickel corner and strong safety and uh, you have to start making concessions somewhere and, and i think they can start to continue to uh to to build through the draft on the back end as they started doing last year. Right. You know, it's funny. You talk about that slot fade, you know, I'm going through corner draft work now and all the film. And I, that's what I'm, I'm watching for my slot guys. And so anytime I see a corner that can guard against the slot fade against Alabama, I bump them up my rankings because I'm like, God, oh, this is one of our biggest deficiencies. And one of the hardest routes to cover in the NFL. Uh, now, Sean has a question for you. He says, uh, what about getting Gilmore? You know, Richard Sherman talked about on his podcast that he thinks Stefan Gilmore, the former defensive player of the year, is going to be heading to either the Seahawks or the 49ers. Is that an option that you'd be willing to pay for? Because, again, this is going to be kind of a $10 million a year player, aging veteran north of 30. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great: it, it, you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis, more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get to pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So, download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to $100. Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit matchup up to $100 over on Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And I didn't hear, I saw that reported, but I didn't hear the context that Sherman brought that up. And when I see that, it just sounds like an agent that got an offer from Seattle trying to get a bigger offer, right? That yeah. That's what it feels like it is for me. Or maybe vice versa, got an offer from San Francisco and or thinks he's going to get an offer from San Francisco because that would be tampering if they did already. Um, but, you know, trying to play some teams against each other, I, I, don't, I don't know where that comes from or if it's just because those are the two teams Sherman played for and he plays the position. He's like, yeah, maybe they'll go there. So I don't know if he's talking out his ass. I don't know if there's something to that, if he's a really close friend with Gilmore. Um, but if the 49ers wanted to do something at corner, I think it's almost the opposite of safety. I think safety, they mm. keep drafting and developing young athletic talent to bring in there. And at corner, they just drafted two corners last year. They have a, a pretty young player in Emmanuel Mosley. If you're going to do something at corner, I would much rather than, you know, pray for a hit on a day two, day three guy. I would rather bring in someone over the top that then, is a no doubt starter like yeah. Gilmore. And I would lean to Gilmore over Jackson, JC Jackson from 
New England just because I think Gilmore's got a better track record, a longer track record. He's older and he'll be cheaper. And a two year about deal, half price. Yeah. Right. And if you're talking about a two year deal, that's really key because Nick Bosa, when his deal starts, isn't going to be until a couple of years, right? Because he's got mm-hmm. the fifth year option coming and they'll make the first year of his new deal probably cap friendly. So that'll give you some time. So you can probably pay someone like Gilmore a lot of money. You can probably place someone like, you know, Tomlinson and all these guys, a lot of money for a couple of years. And maybe if you have to even cut a guy before year three of their contract starts, uh, that's the, what I look at with Gilmore making some sense, because then you would uh, really adjust the rest of the depth chart underneath. And then you start feeling really good about your cornerback spot. If you have Gilmore and Mosley on the outside, I mean, that's, that's Could you imagine uh, what it would be like to feel confidence in your corner depth, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. We've never been there. And then Ambry Thomas, I think he's probably earned the right to be penciled in as the starter going into the offseason. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to build depth behind Mosley and Ambry Thomas as the starters. But then I would feel a lot better about it if you did have someone like that on the outside as a legit starter rather than all of a sudden scrambling in September for a guy off the street and bringing in one of the Josh Normans of the world or something like that. Uh, the one I thing I will say about Gilmore is he's been a better man corner than zone corner throughout his career. And the Niners, you know, aren't that cover three anymore. Uh, they're playing a lot more man, but still it's it's not. Uh, a super high percentage man like it has been with Gilmore in some of his stops. And I don't think John Lynch thinks that way. I I think if John Lynch is going to spend money, it's going to be on the defensive line and they're just not worried about who's playing corner all that much. They want good players, but they don't, you know, they don't want disasters out there, but I just don't think they're going to go to the top of the market. For cornerbacks, so it's not in their blood. It hasn't been in their MO. They, they did bring in Richard Sherman, but you know he was injured, and that wasn't uh, a deal that prime Richard Sherman would have gotten from the 49ers right, as a free agent. So um, I'd be surprised if the 49ers went that route, but if you did, Gilmore does make some sense because he would solidify things right away, and you could probably get him off the books again before big contracts like Bosa start showing up. I like it. I like it. Um, now let, let's let's jump into some uh, Brian Peacock uh, get to know. Uh, you you went into the radio and we're doing. Was it weather? Was it weather? Like where uh, traffic. Uh, traffic, traffic was my main sorry. thing. I worked for a, a company called the Traffic and Weather Network for a while. How'd uh, you get into that? Like where did that? Like how'd you channel your career that way? I well, I went to uh, San Francisco State Broadcasting. Uh, my first ever podcast. I did for KSFS radio. We were doing a a radio show and then we podcasted it and we were sort of learning about what this podcasting thing was. This was like 2006. And in fact, we taught our class, our broadcasting class, what podcasting was because our professor didn't know either. So we were like, literally, (laughs) I taught the class on podcasting when I was in college. So that's how new everything was back then. And and we were having fun. Uh, I remember talking about the 2007 draft. And I did call the Patrick Willis to the 49ers pick. And I also called um, the Raiders, uh, if they drafted Jamarcus Russell, he was going to be a bust. I thought they should have gone Calvin Johnson number one. I probably selectively forgot all the other things I got wrong aside from those two things. Just Uh, remember the hits, man. That's it. definitely remember San Francisco State (laughs) Radio. Shout out KSFS talking about the 2007 NFL draft and uh yeah those were fun times um so I went to broadcasting school uh, I got a job at KNBR uh Cumulus Radio at the time doing some you know FM stuff with their FM stations their rock stations as well then started working behind the glass producing and board op and stuff like that at KNBR um they let us get on the mic on Friday nights a little bit with some on-air stuff talking about high school football and I, I didn't know anything about I still don't know or care about high school football um locally <laughs> or anywhere really um and I was like sort of pronouncing the the schools wrong and um but it was fun because they let us have an hour to talk 
you know, high school football on the air. And that was the first time I was really kind of doing on the air stuff. And then I got a job over at the uh, Total Traffic Network doing some news updates, sports updates stuff, but mostly reporting on traffic. Yeah. Now I'm doing the podcast thing, living the dream. I love it, man. I love it. And I really appreciate all the effort you put out into things. And you talked about, uh, you know, should have taken Megatron if you're the Raiders. And you do this thing called the Shadow Draft. Probably one of my favorite things that you do, I want to be honest. Um, And I almost wanted to steal it, but I was like, I can't steal this idea. It's somebody else's idea, but it's genius. And so walk us through kind of briefly what the Shadow Draft is. And then I'm going to – I want you to highlight on a couple of your, like, all-timers that, you know, your hits, your home runs that the 49ers should have done. By the way, Calvin Johnson, there has never been a more Al Davisy prospect that existed in the NFL. And the year Megatron comes out, Al Davis goes and gets a quarterback instead. Have like, you seen Jamarcus said. Russell eat nachos? That's all I'm saying. That is, a uh, I have not. Point. I can imagine. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't imagine what he looks like right now because when he was in yeah. shape, he was, you know, the biggest round, player. rounds of shape. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the shadow draft is super fun. It's something I started doing because, and this is funny because I started doing this when people thought Trent Baalke was still a good GM. They were calling him the draft ninja. And I was pushing back a little bit on that. I was thinking, wait oh. a second, draft ninja with this guy? Not, I'm not totally sold on this. And I've always geeked out on the NFL draft for a very long time. And um, really the, what, what solidified it for me was the 2012 draft. And the moment they drafted A.J. Jenkins in the first round, I was like, nope, I, I, I can't sit by idly and just – talk about the draft i want to i want to actively go up against trent balky so my idea was look when the niners are on the clock i'm gonna make my picks i'm gonna make my picks then draft day i'm not gonna go hindsight because hindsight scouting can get very frustrating and all you know good teams good scouts good gms miss on picks you know so you're always gonna find something but I thought, okay, the only way to do this is you have to make the picks when the Niners are on the clock. You have to make the picks that day so you can go back and say, look, at the time, I would have done this. So then you can, you can, you know, have a, a better foot to stand on when you're really trying to tear down somebody. And, and I was not a fan of Trent Baalke's era as GM of the 49ers. So in 2013, I, I launched the, the Shadow 49ers draft and started making pick for pick with the 49ers. And sometimes it's frustrating. I wish I had control over trades, but I, I can't control anything else. It's just like, look, if you trade away the pick, then whenever the Niners are on the clock, I have to pick there. And a lot of times I didn't agree. I was like, oh, you got to go up here and get a player. Or, you know, why did you trade down when this guy was on and then you trade down and you got bad players? So, um, but anyway, uh, it started off well. I mean, Keenan Allen, round two. Oh, in, in 2013, the Niners are drafting Vance McDonald's of the world, right? And and that was one of them. It's like, what are you doing trading back from an opportunity to draft <laughs> Zach Ertz so you can draft Vance McDonald, right? Because Zach Ertz would have been my pick uh, at the spot originally. They they traded down uh, that year. They ended up in 2013 with Eric Reed in the first round, Tank Carradine in the second round, uh, Vance McDonald, Corey Lemonier. Oh, was, man, uh, there's some names on there, man. The all ACL team. Yeah, Marcus Lattimore. Speaking of team ACL there. Mm. Um, and I actually liked them. That's what's funny about it is, is um, we didn't realize how deep into this arm length and ACL thing that Trent Balky was until a little bit later, but the Marcus Lattimore, I was kind of behind that one. I liked that pick, but um, yeah, uh, that year I, I picked some long-term starters in the NFL. David Questenberry is still going in the league. Uh, Xavier Rhodes was my first round guy. I just liked his length and athleticism at corner. And I thought, you know, that would have been a really nice fit for the 49ers later on. It's funny to see some of these players that I shadow drafted, uh, and, and now they're getting like old and out of the league. It's like, oh man, if I draft <laughs> get in second contracts and now have to replace them with a new rookie, cause they're already aging out of the league. So that's pretty crazy to see now. And, uh, Brandon Williams, who's been a long time 
nose tackle defensive lineman for the Baltimore Ravens. That was my third round pick that year instead of Corey Lemonier. So uh, right off the bat, I, I started out pretty well in 2013. Xavier Rhodes, Keenan Allen, and, and Brandon Williams instead of Eric Reed, Vance McDonald, and Corey Lemonier. Um, I, it, it get it. 2014 started out okay because Martavis Bryant was one of my guys. Jordan Matthews was one of my guys. Um, Coney Ely was one of my guys, and then Ooh. those careers fell fell well short, especially after what they looked like they were going to be earlier on in their careers. So, to be honest with you, in 2014 might be the only year I would take the 49ers Hall, and most of that is just because of Jimmy Ward. Man, how how crazy is it that the narrative on Jimmy Ward has changed so dramatically going from, you know, the injuries and moving around all the positions outside, slot corner, all that stuff, to finally safety where he belonged. But now he's, like, indispensable. And here he is, the longest-tenured 49er for, I think, like, four years. And, man, I, I don't know what that end looks like. I think uh, hopefully he'll be around for a while. Um, he's a hell of a player. And he's it, it, just the fact that he is – kind of the meat and potatoes of the secondary and the most reliable player. It, it, it does talk about, you know, when we do drafts, uh, obviously every single time after the draft's over, we do like grades and whatever, and we don't even wait a week. <laughs> we do it like the next day. But some of these guys take some time to pan out. Um, now, and, and, and towards credit, everything that went, that could have gone wrong, went wrong early in his career with the tons of inner, inner injuries, uh, he bounced around positions, coaching staffs, all trying to use him all these different ways. And he came out of it. Okay. You know, he climbed through that tunnel of, you know, what came out the other side and ended up being a, a really well-rounded, versatile player that could move around and do a lot of things. And you can go cover the slot, which is, you know, maybe part of the way that you replace K1 Williams, by the way, is utilize Jimmy Ward in that role coming down sometimes and staying deep. And so uh, it's pretty remarkable to see what kind of career Jimmy Ward has carved out for himself. And, uh, and I wonder if, part of the cap savings and making space for other guys. And who knows, maybe even making enough space to sign his buddy Jaquaski Tart that he played high school football with. Maybe Jimmy Ward gets extended in re or restructured or whatever to create a little bit more cap space this offseason. It, it makes sense, especially if he's somebody that wants to be around. You could even, you know, put a void year on the end of it, which seems to be the way the NFL is going now. Uh, I don't know how much of that is just a – COVID response to correct overcorrecting the market on some players that weren't paid and spreading out the cap hits into future years. But man, it seems like this is like a new tool that teams are going to use to finagle. Uh, the seller cap is real, but it could be manipulated. Uh, but if you're a hardcore kind of, you know, egregious offender like the Saints, uh, your head coach will leave. And I think I think that's going to be something similar to happening in the NFC West eventually. It's kind it's of the amazing. Pete Carroll approach, right? Like, yeah. let's get our team in trouble. Lou Holtz, let's get our team in trouble. And then, all right, peace, guys. I'm not dealing with these consequences. It's crazy. So Ross Jackson, who hosts Locked on Saints, we had him on the Peacock and Williamson show last week. And he, and he was talking about how it looks big, $75 million. But the way they've done a lot of these contracts is they plan for that before they sign the deal. So there's so many automatic incentives and so many automatic um, procedures built into these contracts that he's like, yeah, 75 million. I know it looks terrible, but it's actually not going to be a big deal at all. And so apparently the saints are going to skate through this thing again. It seems insane, but um, yeah, it's, it's pretty remarkable what the, the cap guys are able to do and, you know, void years and um, different bonuses that you'll never get. Like the, one of the weirdest contracts in NFL history is the Taysom Hill thing. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. It's huge contract. It seemed like, what are you talking about? This guy can't even play quarterback. Um, <laughs> and, 
but he's like not going to ever see any of that money. It's all just like fake money that's out there in the future that he'll never get and they'll restructure it away or cut it away. Like I, I, I don't get it. It's great. It's, it's beyond me. Like the, 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 the scouting side and the football side and trying to pick which athletes are good. I I'm good at, and I enjoy doing that when it comes to the salary cap stuff, it's beyond me. And like, I would, I, I don't even know. I don't even know it's, how to answer most of the salary cap questions. Cause I, the, all the stuff that's going on there just makes my head spin. Yeah, it, it's bad. And you know, I, I want to say thank you, Brian, for your time and really do appreciate really what you do for the community. That's, you know, what it, Whenever I got in this after you, uh, you were well before me, a big part of it was, okay, I just wanted to talk football and I love the podcast and all those things. And that's great. But the community and the people and, you know, it's really, really cool just seeing what you put out there. Uh, So I just want to say thank you just from the 49ers community, because good Lord, whenever I was a kid and I would watch SportsCenter for an hour and a half, I would wait for that 45 second clip where they talked about the 49ers. Right. Like that was everything. And then I watched the whole damn show again just so I could see it again. And now here we are where we can listen to daily podcasts. And so much content, even though it's, you know, the end of February. Um, so, man, that's awesome. I really do appreciate it. Brian, can you plug uh, your stuff and just, man, how people can support and listen? I know they all already listen to you, but uh, let, let's put some more um, propaganda out there, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate you, John. The 49ers community is really amazing. And, and we saw it in the playoffs. You see how many fans there are in other stadiums and you go to LA and more 49ers fans than Rams fans. And if you go anywhere and I get people all the time talking about, Hey, uh, listen to you in Australia. I listen to you in Brazil. I listen to you in all these countries across the world. The 49ers fan base is huge. And and that's what makes it all worthwhile that know that there's people on the other end that are, that are listening to it and, and seeing you. And I love that conversation. So yeah, appreciate you, John. I appreciate the 49ers fan base. Um, and allows me to do something like this because it's so fun. You're right. It all comes down to talk and ball, and it's really cool that we have this opportunity now to have so much content out there about you know the niche things you care about because you're right. You put, open up a magazine. It's like, let's look at a mock draft that someone wrote four months ago. Yeah. <laughs> coverage. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And, yeah, you guys can find me. You can see it on the screen at BD Peacock on Twitter. And I'm uh, doing Locked On 49ers every day with my co-host, Eric Crocker. Brought, uh, been doing this for five years, brought a co-host on this year. And it's been a lot of fun to have a guy as good as Croc, who's a former you know, player and bring some really good insight. So I love talking ball with Crocker every Is day. Is it easier to record as a solo uh podcaster here myself? Has it made it easier, less energy? Because whatever, I feel like I have guests on or I'm a guest on somebody else's podcast, like my shoulders relax a little bit. Whenever I go live and it's just by myself, a little bit higher uh, stress level, I would say. Yes, absolutely. It's And I enjoy the tennis match of the conversation too. And I, so to me, I was like, I don't, do people even want to just hear me speaking anyway? So I always try to get as many guests as I could. And and sometimes you don't have that much content that you really feel strong about and you, you never know what direction a conversation is going to go with the co-host. So I love it, especially you know in certain months of the off season too when there's really less to talk about you can really get into some fun stuff so i like the idea of having a co-host and it does make things a little bit easier and makes it a little bit more fun and i'm i hope it makes it more fun for the listeners as well to have some more opinions and i'm also talking about the entire 
NFL Daily on the Locked On Podcast Network with the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. You can find that on all your podcast apps as well. We're talking about the entire league. Uh, Williamson is just like a wind-up toy when it comes to the league. He was a former scout for the Browns, wrote for ESPN for a long time, now writing for Pro Football Network and covering the Steelers in the Pittsburgh area as well. And it's amazing his knowledge and fun talking ball with him too because you just bring something up and he can just go forever. And and I'm kind of the guy who's producing the show and and – uh, you know, teeing things up for him a lot in that podcast. And I have to like say, okay, there's only a 30 minute show, Matt. We got to, we've got to start wrapping this up and go to the new segment, you know, because he can just talk all day about football. So that's a really fun show that, uh, yeah, if you guys want to check it out, the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Awesome. Well, Brian, thank you so much. Very generous with your time. And uh, go support this man any way that you can. Uh, hopefully, everybody enjoyed it. And until next time, stay strong, faithful. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.